um, that's the funny part about me that it just happens at random. People yeah. always say, people always tell me, Eric, you need to have cameras on you at all times. Cause I mean, I can just, it just happens at random. Like, I probably couldn't repeat that, but <laughs> that's okay. That, that, that one we can keep for us just for the right. co-host. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and, and get the show started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lens Talk podcast. I am Austin. I'm Sherman. I'm Eric. And we have a very special guest with us today. He hopped on last minute. We hit him up real last minute. And in about 10 minutes, he's here on Zoom with us. Mr. Eric Robinson. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Let's pleasure i'm excited to be with you guys i feel like we're at a king's round table virtually <laughs> we are that's a good way to describe it um we are definitely looking forward to you know getting to know more about you we of course know and love your work um Thank we've you. been looking at your website your instagram so um to start for our listeners especially just tell us about your background and how you got into photography wow um I would say I honestly took a strong leap of faith, right? I've never worked a day job ever in my life. That's crazy. <laughs> Let's be clear. I never worked a job ever in my life. Because a lot of times when you say that, people are like, oh, well, you had to start from somewhere. Like, you didn't work at McDonald's. You didn't work at a retail store. Like, how did you get your start? But let's be honest, and I'll keep it all the way on tr- transparent with you guys, is that, you know, growing up um, when I was in school, from middle school, I had a very strong passion for photography, even before then. You know how you used to have those little disposable um, photos? Yeah. They can go to CVS and print them out. That was that would be me. But then, of course, we entered into the era where cell phones became a thing for our generation. And, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they wasn't all game in for, oh, you're going to have a cell phone. You're going to be going to school. You'll be distracted on that. It wasn't a trend for us to really have that, but it was becoming a thing. And um, I'll never forget my mom granted me my first cell phone, and it didn't have a fan, it didn't have a camera. And I'll never forget I was very ungrateful. Like, sorry, <laughs> mom, I'm ungrateful. But I was ungrateful because it didn't have a camera, and it didn't give me the ability to do what I love to do. So what I did was, y'all know how they have that company track phone? Yep. Oh, yeah. Talk about a little rebel. I literally, um, I've always had an entrepreneurship mindset, not even knowing it. I would go to school, I would make cakes early in the morning by five o'clock, be at school by 6.45 and sell like uh, little cakes to people like spice cake, red velvet cake. I know that is so different, but I would do that, back up my money to get the cell phone that I wanted with the camera. And then I would take that phone and I would literally go to school, take pictures of my friends, take little um, photos of them, post it on like MySpace at a time. Facebook was just coming about. So then when my mom noticed that I really had like a strong passion for photography, she ended up taking me to Walmart and got like this small blue power, power shot camera. Um, it was a Canon and I've always loved it. And I literally became like a kid who was like world star. And that was, <laughs> I was, I did like the videos, the pep rallies, the football games, the chorus events. Um, I did everything. And it was to the point where I would literally become like my school quote unquote paparazzi guy. So it was like, if I see Austin, if I see Eric, if I see Sherman, and I'm like, yo, bro, you look dope, post her picture. That was me. And everybody was pictures by the end of the day and posting on their MySpace page, whatever. And I just continuously grew, grew in that. So over the course of the, those two years, I was just known as the kid with the camera. Um, and then, of course, Facebook began to come around. And I got with one of my friends, Brianna Williams. I'll never forget it. We went downtown Jacksonville, Florida. And I met with another young lady who... Um, was an aspiring makeup artist and I was like hey let's just go downtown and do something we took photos posted them on Facebook um a lot of people from my school community and everyone just started sharing the images like yo man that's dope I love this how can we do a photo like that whatever and at the time I'm like oh I'm just doing what I love to do but I'm like money to me so let's make some money so I started off at 150 and I just grew from there and I would do my friends I would do their senior pictures I would do like um maternity photos not even knowing what I was just doing just taking pictures but just because I genuinely loved it and I would take that money and I would save up and one thing my mom has always instilled in me she's like son you never want to travel with a person that does not have money and have bad bad credit and a bad license Mm -hmm. 
just three points. Because if you do that, then um, if anything ever happened to you, you don't have a safe place, a safe person with you to kind of navigate and carry their own weight to be able to cover you and them. So I would take that money from what I made in the grounding stage of school and invest that into like a private little bank account. Or I would say that, and mind you, at the time I'm in Florida. So I would go from there. My god sister Shatira was my barber and she used to do, are y'all familiar with Bronner Brothers, the hair show? Yeah. Yeah, they used to do, they used to have Bronner Brothers back then when it was very like informative and like hands-on with celebrities and people like that. And I was her model for her work. She used to cut my hair. I would go there, walk around the event. I would meet all these different celebrities. Then that's how I met Cynthia Bailey years, I mean, years, years, years ago. And then I just literally began to network and brand myself. At this time, I'm like 16 years old. And yeah, I'm just like going from Florida to Atlanta, go to Florida to Atlanta. And I'm just going to different networking events, tell people, hey, my name is Eric. I'm gonna be an aspiring photographer one day. I would love to work with you. So to my to not my ignorance of that, I didn't realize the strength of my youth, which means if you're a young person who has such strong goals and your business mind and your focus, more older people are gonna be like, dang, he's so focused, he's so driven. Let me support him. Let me give him an opportunity. And it worked in my favor. And then I just kept doing what I did. And the same tenacity that I had, then I still applied to current. And it has me where I am. And I'm grateful. That's amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. Like you say, you never had a job. So where'd you get that like that hustling spirit from? Because you went from selling things to just, hey, I can make some money on photography. You know what I'm saying? Well, I didn't even know I could make no money off photography. I just knew I was doing what I love. And I said, I'm the type of person where it's, I'm very headstrong on faith. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I get an idea, if I get um, an aspiration or a goal, there's not one person on this earth that's going to talk me out of it. All right. Because I'll probably stop talking to you if you tell me I can't do it. Right. Because <laughs> you have to be intentional about your goals. A lot of times where people mess up, is they talk to people who don't have faith like them, and then they're like, oh, Eric, you can't accomplish that. Oh, Austin, you can't accomplish That's going to be too hard. Nobody will ever watch your podcast. Nobody will ever tune in or invest into you like that. This is probably going to be your last day talking to me. So after you finish that last sentence, that's it. Because <laughs> I don't want a person diminishing my faith when I... Because one... There's no way Eric Robinson can work at a day job because I'm going. They're going to either fire me because I'm going to talk to everybody and I'm going to be trying to stir some business ideas up. We're not even going to be doing this business. We're going to be working on something that we thought up thought about up here. So <laughs> I just because one, I'm like, I don't love working at no office. Like I can't even sit still that long. Like me taking international flights is a miracle within itself. Like me sitting still for more than two hours, that is a miracle. So. <laughs> I'm just like, you have to really be headstrong, focus on what it is that you desire to do. Don't allow people to convince you out of it. And then I'm glad you asked that question because for me, that was a struggle of where, it was a temporary struggle. I wouldn't even say it was a struggle. It was a temporary little hump. And the reason why I said that is because you have to understand at this time, I'm 15, 16 years old and I'm pursuing photography, quote unquote, full time. And I'm adamant. I'm not getting a job. I'm not applying for a job. You got to understand at that time, back in 2011, 12, 10, all those years, our parents were not accustomed to entrepreneur life, create a life. Like today, that's a trend. That's, oh yeah, go support your, but back then telling your parents, hey, I'm not working no job. Oh, if you live in this house, you're going to be working. And to go against that kind of um, stigma at the time and that type of principle at the time, was a challenge, but I stuck it out. You know what I'm saying? And you have to be intentional with it. And sometimes you have to prove those people wrong. And I'll never forget, like, my mom, she was very hard on me. She was like, son, you're a young man. You need to always have money. You need to be able to have yourself in a stable place with security. And then I took my mom to my bank one day and I showed her my account. She said, son, keep doing photography. Hey, that's a lot, man. I mean, you know, you, you kind of shocked me when you said 16 because like people start thinking that after they worked a job that they hate, you know, they mm -hmm. find themselves in a situation. It's like, I got to do something else. I want to get back, get back to my creative spirit. But mm -hmm. at 16, you decided that mm -hmm. hey, this is the direction I want to go. And mm -hmm. did you have like any influences? Like, did you see somebody like doing it? And no. like, I can do. 
You just look no, like I didn't have any influence. You understand? I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. There was no quote unquote influence there, like for me. And I'm speaking from my personal. There was no influence there. I just knew what I loved to do. I took a risk and I did it. You know what I'm saying? And this is why I tell a lot of entrepreneurs and creatives today when I talk to them, I'm like, hey, social media is great. I understand the time where we are, but don't ever lose the principle of building solid relationships with people outside of social media. It's one thing to easily slide into someone's DMs, go viral, be posted on the shade room. That's easy. But to establish core relationships with people that refer you, that support you and promote you, even if you're not even on social media, is a different level of value to your business. And for me, like, I'm the type of person, I wish my videographer was here. This is hilarious. I met him this time last year. We did a project, this literally, this, probably like the same week this time last year. And he was um, at this shoot that I was doing. I was like, yo, what up, man? Pleasure to meet you. Super dope work. We doing a job. Afterwards, we exchanged numbers. I said, stay in contact with me. We talked maybe two or three months consistently. And he was working a corporate job making six figures. He's working a corporate job making six figures. Now, talking to Eric Robinson, I'm a man of faith. I said, bro, what you want to do? He said, I want to do photography and videography full time. I said, okay, you got to April to quit your job. <laughs> That's why. <wild. laughs> you have to April to quit your job. Don't don't text me no more until you quit. Wow. He quit his job. He's been traveling with me ever since. Been the best decision he's ever made. And it's like every time he gives me, I was about to cry. Like, bro, I cannot believe this is my life. I'm like, I mean, you either step out on faith or you build another man's empire. What do you want to do? And see, to go against the grain of that, which is I'm leaving, quote unquote, the foundation of security to build my own foundation. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to go back to you mentioned at first you were talking about Bronner Brothers, how you mm -hmm. met Cynthia Bailey. Mm -hmm. um, was Cynthia Bailey the first like big name that you worked with or who was and how did you make that connection? Well, to be honest with you, no, Cynthia wasn't my first big name. Cynthia was just one of the attendees. Well, she was one of the people that was hosting at Bronner Brothers. One of the first big name um, celebrities that I got a chance to actually work with was Chili from TLC. Most people don't know that. Um, and the reason how I got the opportunity to work with her is through my mentor, Calvin Evans. Calvin literally put me in the studio and was like, hey, Eric, I want you to take a couple photos. I'm like, excuse me, sir, what? Just like, oh my God, this is chilly from TSC. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> but it literally, I mean, I took the photos. It was great. I never utilized the images because, of course, it was his shoot, but he gave me the opportunity to photograph her just to test my comfortability with a celebrity client. Then I moved from there working with Tiffany, um, Tiffany Evans. We did like collaborative work. And then like my first real like celebrity, like mainstream celebrity client at the time was Lisa Ray in 2015. I went to LA and that this time I didn't have my own technical celebrity client. I've had experiences with celebrities, but this was not like a client that says, hey, I'm pursuing this photographer named Eric Robinson and I want you to photograph me. The first person I did that was Lisa Ray. We were, I was in an Uber in 2015, drive, I mean, riding through um, LA. I went out there to actually photograph Kia Williams for her maternity shoot. And I got a phone call. I didn't even know that she had my number. That's why I didn't believe it. She called me. She said, hi, is this Eric Robinson? I said, yes. She said, it's Lisa Red McCoy. I hung up on her. You playing with me. So then she calls back. She said, hi, it's Eric Robinson. I said, hello. Who is this? They said, it's Lisa Red McCoy. So I said, stop playing on my phone. And I hung up again. Oh, my God. <laughs> And she was like, boy, you hang this song up one more time. I'm trying to do a photo shoot with you. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, I'm like, this is really certain McCoy. And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. But I didn't know that another industry friend of mine um, who I did work with ended up passing my number to them, to her. And she ended up doing a photo shoot. We did the photo shoot literally the next day. It was insane, powerful, it went viral. A lot of other celebrities and people were exposed to my work through that. It opened up the door to be posted on like Baller Alert, Shade Room, all these different major blogs at the time. And it was great. Um, and I was just like floored. Yeah. It was really amazing. But also a little side note on this. Um, right around the time when Instagram was first coming, coming around and becoming a trendy app, what most people don't realize, and I always leave this stuff up on my social media, but I am going to do a masterclass on this very soon on the principles of having faith in your business. Um, when at that time, I did a photo shoot in New York of Nell Coleman. And if you scroll all the way down to my Instagram, 
want to do a photo shoot with me. I tagged her in the picture. And when I tagged her in the photo, she responded and said, do you want to do a photo shoot with me? And I was like, oh my God, the lady literally saw my word. That's crazy. So yes, I do want to do a photo shoot with you. But I had no idea because she didn't follow me. She only commented. And I wasn't going to sign up my DMs. I didn't know about that, that process and procedure at the time. So when she responded, I was like, wow. But I guess one of my industry friends saw that comment and kept it in mind. So when I got to LA, they was like, hey, here's his number. He's here. Call him. And it happened. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. I, I do have a question for you. Um, earlier, you mentioned um, how, like, in, like, you said, like, 2011. That's, like, I graduated in 2011. So I around the same time, I was interested in photography, but my mom at the time was encouraging me to get a trade job. And most of my friends around my age, we were all encouraged to get trade jobs. So for like um, high school, like the extra classes you get, um, I did trade school. I did something and most of my friends did too. So you were able to make a business at that time where it was, it wasn't looked at like these technology jobs that we have, these computer jobs we're editing and stuff. Those weren't known to be good jobs yet. So you were talking about your faith, like what also at the time helped you keep going and like making this actual work to where you didn't have to go get like a secondary job to keep yourself afloat. Okay, so it's very simple, right? So it's almost like how we are as humans, right? Within relationships, we have our friendship relationships, we have our intimate relationships. When you love your friends, you do what you have to do to satisfy them and keep them happy. When you have a partner, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever you're dating, you do what's necessary and you make sacrifices to please them. I was dating and married to my career. So I didn't care what nobody said, what nobody did. This is my focus. This is my home. This is what I'm building. And I cannot allow any outside voice to detour me away from that. So it's almost like you have a covenant with your future and it's almost like a marriage. You don't let anybody come between that marriage. You don't let anybody come between your goals and your vision to satisfy this one thing. And that's how I had to be. It's like, even though, and it's so hilarious. Like my friends, like someone made a post recently, maybe like a year ago on Facebook. And it was like, y'all, it is so funny. Do y'all remember we used to be so annoyed with Eric in school taking pictures, but now he a whole household name and he out here taking pictures for all our favorite celebrities. But now, I mean, if we go back and look, he was all in our face years ago. And now all of a sudden we got to pay to get, it, yeah, get a yeah. picture. I mean, pay him to take a picture of us. And I laughed, but it was such a um, humbling moment because I always say to people, people don't understand the journey right now. That's why people can't appreciate your destiny. People, they love you when you photograph Beyonce. They love you when you photograph celebrities, but a real supporter that has been on the journey with you, they'll appreciate your accomplishments greater than a person that just watches you through social media. They're like, I've seen you in the times where it wasn't as good. I've seen you when clientele wasn't as strong. I've seen you work even when you didn't have the finances, but you still kept pressing through and you still accomplished. Those type of people really appreciate your journey. Now, let's just say for you guys, people don't understand the capacity of a work, the amount of time you have to go to find new talent, creatives to reach out to, and all the manual and um, emotional and uh, mental labor you guys have to invest to do what you do. But people will say, oh, well, they just got nominated for an Emmy. They just got nominated for an NAACP award. Y'all are excited for the reward, but I'm more so excited for the endurance I had during the process. So it's about that. I like that. Let me give you some, uh, let me challenge you a bit on that. I like, I like that response and I like Sherman's question. And I, you mentioned you want to start a masterclass on how to utilize your faith in, a, in your business. So let's say you're talking, you're, you were relatively young in this process. You didn't have, I'm assuming, a, a lot to worry about um, as far as financially, things like that. Let's say it's, you know, some guy, late 30s, 40s, dude, I want to do the same thing you're doing, but I got, you know, I got this debt, you know, kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to step out on faith, but, you know, I got all these, you know, anchors in my life. You know, what are you, what are you saying to that? Okay, cool. Simple. That's so funny. Has my asked me that last night. Literally, he's a guy was much older than me. He was like, he was charging a hundred dollars for photos. I said, sir, you're doing charity work. That is not because <laughs> true story. And this is the this is the breakdown of that. So, how do we know Martin Luther King? How do we know Coretta Scott King? How do we know Malcolm X? How do we even know Michael Jackson? We have never met these people 
tangibly in our own presence, shared space with them. But we know them through pictures and videos, a timeless product. Some family members we probably may have never met, but when you go to grandma's house, you see pictures of them on the wall. You see them in a photo book. It is a timeless product. And for me, I don't look at things as a timeline is guaranteed to give you success. Mm -mm. You know why? Because the same thing with that, somebody did that with me, which is, oh, Eric, you won't receive success until you 20, 30 plus years in the game. I said, according to who timeline? <laughs> like, get what I'm saying? Even, and one of the things that inspires me a lot is even with Samuel Jackson, he was in his what, 40s before he became an actor. And look at the success and the legendary, iconic, historic movies this man has made. And for me, I'm like, you have to do what is easiest first and ask God for discipline along the journey. Mm. It's simple. I was literally at Waffle House in Orlando the other week and I saw a young lady and she was like, I said, how you doing? She said, I'm doing fabulous. And I said, you doing fabulous, but you really don't want to be here. And she, was, she laughed. She said, how you know that? I said, because I can tell by your spirit, you don't want to be here. I said, you're a creative. What do you want to do? She said, like, well, she had a food truck. It's going on with one of her friends, a friend robbed her and betrayed her, everything, and it kind of um, diminished her, her momentum to continue to pursue the business. I said, hey, I need you to go back and do what's easiest, whether that's either starting to sell your food on the weekends and going to, like, the college communities, going to, like, where the homeless people are and build a name for yourself. And then once you continue to build a name for yourself, take it step by step. Do the easiest thing first and then go from there. Once you do the easiest thing first and you start seeing a little progress, that little progress will begin to feed your faith a little bit. And you're like, dang, they, 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 they respect me. They really like me. Oh, like four people listen to my podcast. Six people shared it. Those six people may have an influence with somebody else who may be worth 60 million. So then it encourages your faith because sometimes people look at quote unquote numbers. But I've been around people who only got 200 followers on social media, but they're some of the most wealthiest people. So yeah, does let this do the easy do the easiest thing first. And that easiest thing and that process of that will begin to feed your faith that you'll continue to pursue. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's true. Cause I remember uh after like your Spotify yearly rap or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. Austin told me how many people we were like the number one podcast for. And it was like five people. But that was that was more than enough for me to be like, okay, all right, we got somebody listening. Mm -hmm. Five people's top favorite, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So it is encouraging. Yes, indeed. I know for me, like what I've heard from you so far or seen is just your drive. Obviously, you've been driven from the beginning with you had your track phone and all that stuff. Um, and so I just want to kind of, you know, shout out. It's clearly paid off for you. You are doing very well now want to let the listeners know um some of the celebrities you've worked with i'm just going to read off your website garcelle Beauvais, tony braxton stephanie mills lisa ray as you mentioned nick cannon shawnee o'neill richard hamilton cheryl lee ralph cynthia bailey tasha cobbs leonard sonia richards ross portia williams erica and warren campbell Kenya Moore, Jennifer Freeman. I mean, the list goes on and on looking at your website, looking at your Instagram. Um, I know for me, I want to get into the Kenya Moore of it all. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Kenya is my favorite reality star. You Kenya, see the Kenya over here in the corner. Let me see the picture. Is she in the corner? <laughs> I'm like, oh, she there? We about to get this. Right, I was saying. <laughs> Kenya. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Kenya, the moment more. Ah. You, you've taken pictures of her multiple times. Um, mm -hmm. What was she like to work with? Oh, my gosh. When I tell you Kenya is a ball of life, you hear me? She is completely a ball of life. So if you don't have a little bit of energy, you will be refilled because <laughs> she's a ball of life. Um, actually, Kenya is truly a doll. She's really one of the most sweetest people. And I know a lot of times, contrary to reality tv and social media people don't perceive that kenya is really as genuine and nice as she is but to be honest with you all of the girls are really nice like i really don't have too much of an issue with any of them personally or professionally in workspaces um kenya is definitely gonna give you a good picture you hear me she is going to give you a good picture she is truly black beauty she's she's just that girl like can't take away her, her beauty she's absolutely stunning um and it's always fun working with her now, she's a naturally shady person, so 
you just kind of have to not be sensitive. I mean, she's not like a, aggressive in her shade or anything like that. Like, whoa, I'm offended. It's not like that. You'd be like, hold on now. I know you can't just. <laughs> it's so hilarious, but it's cool. Like I was on a live with her the other day and I was like, so let me ask you this question. She's going to say, oh, excuse me, Ari, this is not an original question. I said, excuse me, ma'am. Hold on now. I'm just trying to interview you. <laughs> but it's cool. It's like fun, laughable shade. So it's nothing like you're going to be offended by, but she's really a ball of life. And I think anybody who encounters Kenya, you would really love her. So how did the photo shoot with the Atlanta Housewives come together last year? And what do you think about people that said that should have been their official cast photo, if you saw that on the internet? I did. Trust and believe me, I saw it. And one, let me say I'm tremendously grateful for all the level of, I mean, all the love and support and the levels of, you know, promotion that so many people have given me because of that. Um, actually, true story, Sonya and Kenya both called me. I was like, hey, Eric, we want to do our own photos. We want to use you. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Kenya absolutely loves me. She was like, I'm doing it. And of course, what people don't know, Sonya, before she was on Housewives of Atlanta, Sonya has been my client for over 10 plus years. So we've been friends for the longest. We've accomplished so many great things together. So when she came on Housewives, it wasn't necessarily a thing where the ladies was like, oh, we don't like Bravo. We want to do something to get back at Bravo. It was never that. The girls just simply, they wanted a fresher image and something that would exude their own personalities in the best light. So they chose to go with me because I've normally worked with a lot of the females, I mean, a lot of the cast members um, on the show. And it was great. It was phenomenal. We shot for um, maybe a full day of work and because we did multiple looks, but we didn't release all the images. But it was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was so much fun. Dealing with all of their personalities was definitely a, a true experience, but we got it done. What's, what's your preparation like? Like you said, they wanted like a fresh, a fresh look, something different that they haven't done before. What, what's right. the prep do you do? So for me, I, I'm very low maintenance. I know people don't like to believe that, but I really am. And um, for me, the girls came to me, they told me what they want to do. They wanted something like Vanity Fair inspired, but they also wanted it to be simple, clean, and timeless. But yet again, let every woman shine their own light. Because I believe, and this is no shade or any jab at the network at all. I just believe that with what they've experienced with the network, photographers, they don't have the opportunity to have a say-so in their image. And I always try to give people a say-so because this is not just me putting the image out, but this is also the representation of you. And for me, I was okay, cool. Let me know what y'all want to do. Let's do this. Each woman got their own individual moment. They did their individual, I mean, they did their um, collective group image and then we just did it from there and it was simple they wanted it on clean gray i said do y'all want anything special effect wise do y'all want any wow factors they was like no we just want it to be clean let us be the center focus and then that was that so it's cool so when you work with those like tv personalities and just celebrities in general um that you know i would imagine are are used to being in front of the camera do you find that they kind of know what they're doing in front of the camera or do you oh, still have to direct for, them or? For sure. Do you hear me? They are literally, it's sometimes I be getting my whole life, not even going to hold you. I'll be over here like, oh my God, you are like legit stunning. That is crazy. Like I'm not be looking at Kenya. I'm like, Kenya, you really do give a good picture. Between her and Cynthia Bailey, I'd be like, listen. <laughs> they did your job for you. Do you hear me? That Cynthia, Kenya, and Garcelle, I ain't got to worry about. Yeah. I ain't got, not one time. Not one time. Funny story. Let me show you this. So, would you believe this was a day, this picture right here, I don't know if you can, oh, it's not clear, is it? I think my camera is, wait, let me, let me flip it. Oh, it's on blur. There you go. This picture right here of Kenya, I mean, of Cynthia was shot, literally, no lie. This picture was shot in a um in a, in a parking lot mm. would you believe that the fact that um kenya i'm not kenya why do i keep saying kenya cynthia called me one day and she was like hey eric she was like my makeup is beat i just did my confessional look please come over here to this location this is at her winery outside of her winery and she said i need you to come take pictures of me and we took those stunning pictures and they've been timeless ever since and she was like eric that is crazy we did these like we always laugh about it to this day my Cynthia, can you believe we took these bitches outside in the parking lot? And I mean, stunning. Yeah. But yeah, they um, definitely. Yeah. So do you, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you don't have to, 
direct them. They know what they're doing. Do you still direct them? Because sometimes maybe you have your vision or your idea for a shot that you want. Of course. And then sometimes, um, like, okay, recently, I'll give you guys a little inside school. I just did an incredible, an incredible, an incredible project with Marlo. So it's coming out in March. I cannot wait for people to see it. Oh, she ate. You hear me? Marlo ate. You hear me? I said, mm -hmm. social media is going to live for this. So I'm giving y'all the first exclusive of that because I ain't told nobody, but telling y'all that. It is fire. You hear me? Marlo really did so good. Every time I talk about it, talk about this project it just lights me up i'm like dang yo you really killed this but let's just say with even for that particular project um a lot of times i do coach them a little bit on certain poses and stretching them a little bit because even though they may are they may be familiar with being in front of the camera the first thing they instantly go to is because they go to the peach poses they go to fan poses they go to red carpet poses, and I'm like, hey, no, nah, we need something that's gonna make be a wow factor that people are like, wow, you really did something out of the comfort zone of what we're used to seeing, and then it makes it a moment. And that's the thing I love about Kenya and a lot of the ladies when they work with me is they're not closed off to creating a moment beyond just cheese, holding a peach, and you know, a nice little beauty shot. And they can give you that, but I wanna show them, especially for black women, to show them in a different perspective of saying, not only can I give business, not only can I give the sexy flirtatious girl, but I can also give an editorial fashion and beauty commercial look. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big gearhead and I'm just surprised we haven't said anything about it yet. What is your setup like? Like what's your favorite camera, favorite lens? Does it matter to you? Can you use any system? How do you feel? I'm a Canon guy to the core. You hear me? I'm a Canon guy to the core. Now I'm leaning, I'm leaning, doing a little lean with a rock with it to go into Sony a little bit only because the quality of video is so amazing. I love it. So I'm leaning to kind of test out the Sony. I'm thinking that Sony A7. So I'm gonna play with that a little bit because I really, my heart's desire is to really merge photography with doing fashion films because sometimes, you, you know how you can have an ideal in your head but nobody else can execute the way that you can. I need to just lean into photography. I mean, lean into the photography um, perspective and then also merge it over to video. So that way I can tell a story behind the photos as well. But my lighting setup and everything is very simple. I have one main assisting light. I mean, one main light normally on my subject. And then if I'm doing a um, even tone background, if I need like clean, crisp white, I'll have two assisting lights on the side. But for the most part, if I'm doing something like a gray, like I'll show you like the shots I did with Garcelle. Those were shot with one light only because if I'm shooting on a white background or a white seat wall, I'll try to have the light pointing down towards them, which creates a clean white floor. And then the um, gray undertone flows um, at a well-balanced. Wow, that was awesome. What's your workflow like? Cause another thing we were talking about too, before you hopped on is just how clean your editing is. So what's your workflow after the photo shoot as far as like your editing process? Just like a, a little preview of kind of what your typical, you know, process is for that. Yeah, sure thing. Okay, let's be all the way 100 and transparent with y'all. I, you know, I love my craft. I do. I respect my craft. I do all these things. But I'm at a point in my career where my work has become so um, abundant, which I'm grateful for, right? However... Um, because the workload has become so abundant, I've had to lean into utilizing other outside resources, mm, yeah. like hiring re retouchers, because I'm doing three or four shoots in a week. I'm I'm traveling and me sitting at a computer is time consuming, right? And especially to roll out images at certain deadlines, you have to have the assistance and a team to be able to help you execute those jobs. Mm -hmm. So for me, even though I love doing uh, retouching, I was also talking to another CEO in business and they were saying, Eric, even though you are so hands-on and you love the passion of what you do, as a great leader, you have to learn how to delegate. You have to learn how to say, hey, I need y'all to take this, do that, and then move accordingly. So that way you can be able to free yourself up to do more. So then I had to scale my business to the point where, Eric, what are things that you don't like to do? What takes too much of your time? And then hire someone to do those things for you so that you can be able to be free and then expand in other areas. So that was one of the things for me. Like I love the retouching and it's great because I get to play around with my creativity, but at the speed of where I am with my career and things, I have to outsource it a little bit, which is great. And I also tell them as well, the style of retouching. Yeah. 
right? Because you don't want to just send your work off to retouchers and then it's not given the um, integrity of what your brand is used to. Right. Bro, that's such a hard thing, like, as a creative to be, like, send your stuff off to somebody else. And like, hey, you, oh, you take care of this, you know? Like, okay with that, it's man. so that's hard nice. to find people to trust. Like, sure. you know, with retouchers, because that's something Sherman does. Like, what yeah. is, like, when, if somebody's, like, do you find these people or do they apply, you know? And what are you okay. looking for? In, in two factors, there are some, there are moments where some retouchers reach out to me. Like, they'll see my work either in the magazine, through social media, or through another person. And they'll be like, oh my God, I would love to work for you. Or can I please show you what I'm capable of doing? And I have those offers all the time. And then there is another moment where I may have seen another retouchers work. And I'm like, yo, I really like the style of this. Let me add you to my team of roster of retouchers. Because then let's just say, even if you have a retoucher or an editor or a graphic person who does work for you, their schedule may become loaded by the abundance of other potential clients. So you have to have a network of people that you trust to be able to delegate those jobs to. All right, I'm going to shoot my shot. Send, my, send me to my email some of your raw so I can uh, retouch some of those for you. Say less. I will. I will. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm waiting for Austin to get busy enough to where he just hired me as his retoucher. So trying to push that. I'm not ready to give up my editing just yet. I'm not booked and busy like Eric Robinson. <laughs> yet. Let, me tell you, let me tell you, you will be, and it won't take long. I hope so. I hope so. It's not a hope. I'm telling you. There you go. <laughs> um, I was curious to know because you clearly do a lot of fashion and beauty work um, and work with celebrities. Is there any other type of photography that you might be interested in exploring, like weddings or, I don't know, fam do you work with families? You know what I mean? Like, what else do you do or are you interested in doing? Oh, for sure. Um, I actually do everything. I just don't promote everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Only reason why I don't promote it all the time is because I know that if I start promoting it so much, then I now attract those particular clients. I thrive my best in celebrity fashion and beauty work. I can do weddings and I have done. I did Cynthia Bailey's wedding. I did Tasha Cobb's wedding and I have a few other upcoming weddings coming up. However, um, I love them because I like to showcase the editorial side of weddings, not just the typical traditional, oh my God, kiss the bride and groom. Like, no, I want to showcase the strength of your love. I want to showcase the tenacity of your fiery love or whatever that looks like and be able to showcase that through the form of photographs. And then also I do do other things pertaining to real estate photography as well. Most people don't know that I do that. Um, and also covering a lot of um, governmental events, um, special events regarding industry things, classroom things. And um, I just kind of expand myself in those capacities, but I just don't promote and um, display all of that work at, at once because I know people. And I also respond, I also put out work according to how people respond to it, right? So, and I, I tested a lot. Like I recently posted photos of a friend of mine who's a celebrity hairstylist. A lot of people, they love the photos, but they don't engage as much if it's not a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like, oh, you're a celebrity photographer, but you don't work with an everyday person. I do. But my following does not respond to if I posted a picture of Austin. They're not going to respond if I post to a picture of Sherman. They're going to be like, oh, okay, this is a beautiful picture, but who is this? Right. So it's like when a picture with a celebrity or someone, not everyone's like, oh, my God, this is a fire picture. But, oh, my God, I'm also amazed that you as a Black talent is receiving opportunities to work with people that represent us. So I, I kind of want to unpack that because there's a lot of talk in photography or for photographers to, like, niche down, if that's how you uh, say that word correctly. But you know, you just spoke on other different types of photography that you do, but you just don't promote it a lot on your page. What advice do you have for photographers that maybe are still trying to figure out, like, what do I thrive off of? For you, it's the beauty and fashion work. How can our listeners figure out what they thrive off of and how to kind of focus on just that? For sure. Right. Well, it goes back to the foundation of what's your passion. What do you, ex what excites you in photography? Does weddings excite you? Do you like have that? You know how you were as a child, you couldn't wait for that field trip. You couldn't wait for Friday because that field trip excites you. Like, oh, okay, average Friday is cool, but it's something about field trip Friday. So whatever that area or that lane is that excites you, then that's what you should stick to and make that your own, right? 
And then also let's talk, cause I know a lot of times with people in business, they're like, well, I'm just starting out. So I feel like I need to promote all my work. And that's true. You do. You do need to show a variety of what you can do until there's a demand for you. Right. And then once there's a demand for you, then you can begin to strategize and um, decide on what it is that you want to highlight and promote the most. But you can still showcase that you can do all things because you don't want to deny money, especially when you're able to do the job. Right. So is a lot of your work, is it is it you marketing? Is it mostly word of mouth now or? How do you um, one of the things that I've, I've, I have been striving for um, since the beginning of my career is, you, you know how people always say, oh, your work speak for itself? That's the main goal. Let your work speak for itself. This is why I'm very adamant with photographers. Like, I'm okay with where, um, well, no, I will not say that. I'm not okay with that. Because right now, I'm sure you guys have seen, um, even with a lot of photographers, everyone is becoming instant. They get this instant gratification and attention because they photograph a celebrity going to an event. We see it like, oh, she's wearing, oh my God, you took a picture of them in a hallway. You took a picture of them at a hotel. And that's great. I'm not ever diminishing anyone's success by that. Like, hear me, I'm not diminishing anyone's success by that. Congrats on photographing them. But you do realize being a photographer is a form of visual art. Visual art. Taking a photo of a person going to an event is not technically visual art. It's just a photo of you going to an event and you just so happen to be a celebrity and you're wearing diamonds. Yeah. It's not, right. It's not a timeless body of work. And taking a picture of Michelle Obama going to an event does not make me a iconic photographer. It, it just doesn't. Me taking a picture of Beyonce walking down the street or getting ready to hop into a car to go to a, the Grammys does not make me an iconic photographer. But it takes iconic work that when you look at a photographer's work, you know how we grew up back in the day, you look at a picture like, wow, this inspires me. This makes me wanna pursue my dreams. This photo looks powerful. This photo exudes strength. This photo exudes peace. This, like photos used to speak to us. Now it's like, oh, okay, I see a picture. Oh, okay, yeah, you try to celebrity. But does, this, does the photo speak volume? Does it have a message behind it? When you look at images, you're not just saying, Wow, that's a beautiful picture. Like, wow, she look at peace. Wow, he looks like he's a man of courage. Like, let the work that you produce speak for you. And the reason why I say that is because even for like one of the shoots that I did with Nick Cannon and Cynthia Bailey, um, I did that job in 2018, 2017, 2018. And still to this day, people are still requesting that image. People are still paying for that image. And the image has become timeless. It's been on so many different networks and television shows and even daytime shows from Wendy Williams, Nick Cannon show, t um, all types of blogs. Why? Because the work is so stunning that no one could deny that it's timeless. And as photographers and creative people, you strive to create timeless bodies of work, even for music artists, right? The main thing people always say is, what's your, what's your number one hit or what's your breakout song? Your breakout song is what made you become a household name or a standout star. And that's what every creator should do is I don't want to just create because what good is this? And this is how I look at it from the business aspect. What good is working with 20 celebrities when I can do one photo shoot with one celebrity and that one shot that I did outweighs all the work you did? You can go work with everybody from the Megan Fox to Megan Good, Beyonce, Megan Thee Stallion and Will Smith and all those people. But it, all those people and their credibility and notoriety still doesn't outweigh the one timeless body of work I produce because this is timeless. That's relevant. They're relevant because they're celebrities. And one of my main quotes that I always tell creatives and people in business, relevancy does not mean legacy. A lot of people get that confused. Relevancy does not mean legacy. We have a lot of people who are relevant right now on social media. Celebrities and all, but just because you're relevant does not mean you're producing legacy. Do something that will produce legacy in your business, in your life, and even in your relationships. Because let's put it like this, and I always challenge people on this. If Eric Robinson chose to make the decision to no longer pursue photography in the year of 2023, Eric Robinson would still carry the value that he carried before. 
because I strive to impact people's life beyond my career. And that's what creative people should do in the earth. Yes, your gift and your creativity and what Eric does, what Austin does, what Sherman does will get you in the door. But then when people encounter you as a person, how do you inspire them? How do you, and how do you keep them motivated? Is it through your words of knowledge? Is it through your words of wisdom? Is it the way that you have compassion for people? Is it the way that you build people up in faith? What is that, what is that it factor about yourself that separates you from everyone else? And that's, those are things that true entrepreneurs and creatives should definitely consider. It shouldn't just be, oh, I made a thousand likes on Instagram. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean anything. Like also you can post a picture right now, go reach 500. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not really like true success. True success is by the lives that you impact. True success is the fact that you're doing this podcast and you're inspiring other creatives. That's real success. Because guess what? When this is all over with, this is being recorded in January. Somebody may listen to this in November. And they're like, wow, I'm inspired. Somebody may listen to this three years from now and say I'm inspired. You're in the process of a river that's going to produce continuous inspiration which is amazing. Yeah, and there's a bridge there that, you know, it's sometimes hard to conceptualize for people like the difference, mm -hmm. like, you know, just, just shooting something or making it art or making it timeless, as you like to say. Mm -hmm. So like, what was that moment for you? Where you like, you know, something is timeless, timeless. Like, how do you know that, that it's gonna, you know, like you said, if you stop doing photography, this image will last. Like, what mm -hmm. is it that speaks to you like that? For me, um, I didn't even know in that moment, because sometimes you just be on a high, right? You just be so excited to, just to get the job done. But then when you actually sit back and look at how far your images circulate and how they touch people, then that's when you know. Because it wasn't until I did the photo shoot, the black and white images of Garcelle and the Leopard um, in 2018. And when those images came out, they were literally everywhere. So many people were reaching out like, who shot these images? Actually, it wasn't until Garcelle posted those pictures that Nia Long followed me on Instagram and I almost fell out. It's like, oh, I made it, I made it, I made it. <laughs> but I was like, wow. And then it was not until I started realizing how my value in the industry began to increase. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Cannon would call me and say, hey bro, I'm not doing a job unless you're the photographer. I'm like, excuse me? Dude, you got a whole roster of people you could choose from. And you still choose me. That's dope, man. Cynthia Bailey. Hey, I'm not shooting my campaign, Eric, unless they hire you. So tell them what you want to get paid and they're going to make it happen. I'm like, excuse me? That's how you know. Because you have made a timeless impact on someone's life through the artistry of what you produce. You know what I'm saying? And then also, I, and I say this to like um, wardrobe stylists and hairstylists and makeup artists. You don't always have to do the over-the-top things. Sometimes simplicity is what helps make things timeless. Like, it's so simple, but it has that chef's kiss that make it just timeless. Like, wow, you just are stunningly beautiful. Like, you ever look at photos of people in Africa? They don't have to do a whole lot. But you're like, wow, you are just so beautiful. Your skin is flawless. You just, your features are amazing. And it's like the simplicity of that thing just stands out to you. You're like, wow. But then yeah. you'll look in Atlanta, with a full face of makeup on, I'm like, okay. And you can't even see the real beauty. And I think the rawness of a thing is what makes it most beautiful. I like that. Yeah. Man, I, I like, like I'm getting a masterclass right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, didn't, we don't want to take too much of your time, but I, I did, another question just came to mind more so like business-wise. Um, what can you speak to or what advice can you give about like coming up with pricing or like you you've been featured in a lot of big publications you know you mentioned earlier people reaching out about the picture of uh nick cannon and cynthia bailey are they buying that picture from you or or how does how does that work business-wise for you what i would advise for any photographer that's listening is you can always scale it through a lot which is going on getty images right if you go on Getty Images and type in any image of any celebrity, any actually any image, and you can scale it based upon the request of whoever your consumer is. So say when someone says, hey, Eric, I'm going to reach out to you to feature your uh, image on a television show. 
okay, cool. Is there a budget? Then find out what their budget is and you scale it upon how many times is this show going to air? What, what's your, um, what is the number of your audience? Because you got to think about it. If you're, if you have an audience of over millions, a percentage of that is going to go to your website and click to see more by you displaying my work, which means I'm giving you free content to generate money for your clickbait and for your, for your, for your viewers to tune into your show. Not only just that, even with books, right? So if you are, like, let me show you this real quick. So even with this, right? When I did the job with Harper Collins, I shot the cover of Sonya Richard Ross book, Chasing Grace. And this is great. And of course, Sonya's my friend. They put in here and they put the other book, you know, um, cover shot by Eric Robinson, which is wonderful. But again, Sonya wasn't paying me directly for this. Harper Collins was. So with a company like Harper Collins, you can charge whatever you're comfortable with from $10,000, $20,000 plus, depending on if you want to do a licensing agreement, whether you license your photo out for a certain amount of time or you have them renew or you either do a buyout. And sometimes it may be better to do a buyout depending on the magnitude of how um, the book has potential to sell. A buyout sometimes may be the best simply because if you do a licensing agreement, where there's a percentage of whatever the book sales are, you get a portion of, I'd rather just do a buyout because that means I have to wait for you to sell all your books, then get paid. Where When I can rather just do a buyout, pay me X amount of dollars, and now I can do whatever I want to do with the money, and y'all can sell as many books as y'all want. Cool deal. But then you just negotiate according to whatever you feel is comfortable with your work. You get what I'm saying? And then also for um, like music artists, record labels, stuff like that, you're releasing my work on Apple Music, which means Apple's going to have this on all of their streaming services. It's going to be on their website. Then your record label is going to want to use it on billboards and all this. So you have to charge accordingly. You get what I'm saying? Because think about somebody with a large fan base. With Beyonce, Beyonce is one of the most smartest people. I learned so much just from watching her through, you know, from videos and documentaries. The reason why Beyonce created Parkwood Entertainment is because she has a house of production, which means she doesn't pay anybody outside of her company to produce all things for her, which means she owns all the rights. She don't have to pay anybody for the rights because she owns it. It's her company. And then not only does she, have, does she not have to do that, but then again, also, she has full creative control over all the images. A lot of people don't understand, even though we are creators, if we are sending it to a company like that, you don't have rights to the images. You don't. And most of the times when celebrities of that magnitude that have a large following or whatnot, what do you think their fans are going to do? They're going to rave and do go to far extents just to get custom images. Or not custom images, but custom merchandise. They're going to do everything they can to get exclusive images. Think about it. When Prince, um, um, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, um, Cicely Tyson and all these wonderful, impactful people passed away. What was the first thing that came out? Movies, documentaries, photo books, because they understand the magnitude of their client, of their, um, not clientele, but um, fan base. And they know that their fans want to get exclusive content. They want to receive it's, um, behind the scenes, um, exclusive things that have never been revealed to the public. People will pay top dollar for that. And people know that. So that's why. A lot of times when certain celebrities, they try to put photographers on contracts, like I want full rights to my images, either you can do a buyout and pay or whatnot, because I'm not giving you the rights to this because if anything, if a network or somebody comes to you and say, hey, I want to utilize this image, the photographer doesn't get paid. Only if you release that those rights over. You as a photographer should always own the rights to your work. Because say, for instance, if someone says, hey, we're a Black-owned business, I want to... Um, feature your work in my restaurant. If somebody wanted to feature my work, I can license it out and sell them an image that they can be able to put in their facility. That's it. Wow. wow that makes man. sense. Mm -hmm. That you makes sense. That masterclass, bro. Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Eric, I mean, what do you have coming up? What, what do you want to let our listeners know about you just kind of as we close out? Where can they find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Sure thing. Um, first off, let me say this before I get into that. Thank you guys for this wonderful interview. This has been incredible. You guys are you guys are truly amazing. And I'm excited for what for you guys. I know y'all are talking about me, but I'm excited for what's to come for you guys. Um, my Instagram is I'm Eric Robinson. My um, website is Eric Robinson Photography. It is 
I, the letter M, no A, the letter M. So I, the letter M, E-R-I-C-K, Robinson, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. That's my Instagram handle. Um, and you know, the famous question a lot of people love to ask me is just that. Like, hey, Eric, what's to come from you? What's to come from you? And I always tell people this exact answer and they laugh. I said, it can happen at any given moment. That's it. I, Cause I can't tell you what, what's gonna happen. I can get off this live with you and get a phone call in the next hour and say, hey, Eric, we need you to jump on the plane tomorrow. I don't have time to update y'all on what's next. Cause then I, and a lot of times I just remain consistent to however God chooses to lead my business. Because why would I say my next big thing is gonna be in June when God was like, well, I was gonna bless you this week with X, Y, and Z, but you done push that all the way back to June. <laughs> True story. Last little sneak, little nugget is me and my friend, this is no lie, okay? This is why I say it can happen at any given moment. And I'm very intentional with my words because I understand it can happen at any given moment. Me and my friends, it was six of us. We all flew from Atlanta to Houston for a friend's trip. We checked into the Airbnb the first night. Lay down maybe at 11 o'clock. We chilling. You know, we had just got in from dinner. I get a text message. Hey, Eric, call me. I called them. Hey, bro, what you doing? Oh, nothing, man, just chilling. Hey, can you jump on a plane in the morning? We need you to photograph Tony Braxton. Hey, guys, I'm gone. First thing smoking. <laughs> it can happen at any given moment. I was going to New York. This happened, okay, now two years ago. Um, Not this past October, 2021. I was on a plane. I had not told one person. I didn't even post it on my social media. I was going to New York. I said... I'm going to New York to go um, support one of my friends. One of my friends is dealing, going, I mean, doing a play or whatever. And I was just going to support only there for like two days. I'm on the plane. I get a text. I'm going to reveal all the screenshots and everything at a masterclass. I'm so good. Um, I was on a plane. I got two phone calls, FaceTime. I couldn't answer. I kept declining, declined, declined, declined. And I didn't recognize the number at first because I didn't really save the information at that pivotal time when I met them. But I was like, I don't know who does this keep calling me. So I text the number. I said, hey, I can't talk. I'm on a plane. What's up? They said, oh, my God, please call me. I said, I can't. I'm on a plane. They said, um, are you available to shoot in New York tomorrow? So I put, LOL. That is so funny. I am currently on a plane right now going to New York. They said, oh, my God, this is God. They says, Eric. I said, but before I got the second message, I said, whatever you need, I can do it. I didn't even know who I was talking to. <laughs> I'm just already agreeing. The next message was, I need you to shoot Mary J. Blige in the morning. Wow. It can happen at any given moment. So I don't live my life off, oh, well, I got this scheduled for that moment. I got, like, it just, for me, this is why I be trying to tell people, you have to, in order to travel with me with business, you have to always be ready. One of the things that Shirley Ralph told me when I first photographed her, she said, Eric, stay ready so you never have to get ready. I said, say less. Yeah, because I'm I'm type person. It don't take much for me to, I don't have to go through, you know how some people, they are, they got to be taught, they have to be going through a lesson. Mm -mm. If you tell me, I ain't doing it. <laughs> if you tell me, I'm not going to wait to get burnt and then be like, oh, okay, I should have just did it. No, mm -mm. if you say not, I'm not doing it. And I just keep myself in that posture to always be ready. I make sure my camera equipment is already charged up. I make sure my bag is always packed. A lady told me one time, she said, I don't know who you are. She said, but you're going to have to always keep a bag packed because you're going to be on a fast track. I was like, okay, fun. But that's a good one. <laughs> but then again, that's my reality. Because now I just, I literally could be home. Somebody will say, hey, Eric, I need to get to the airport in the next two hours. I'm booking you a flight to come here. I'm like, whoa. Or, hey, Eric. Can you jump on a podcast real quick? Right. <laughs> He's always ready. He was always ready. You know what I'm saying? So, and you never know how those moments can be some of the most impactful moments just because you are ready. A lot of people in business, they ask for certain levels of success, but they're not truly ready for it. And then another thing that I challenge a lot of entrepreneurs to do is if you're believing to receive great levels of success in your business, this is the month of January. You have two more weeks left. I challenge every entrepreneur to go and open up a bank account with at least four major international banks. Bank of America, Regions, Navy Federal, Chase, pick them and go open up an account. Put $50 in there and just start making deposits as you go. 
Why? Because you never know the day that you may run across an investor. You may never know the day you may run across a multimillionaire and say, hey, Austin, somebody told me about your podcast. I want to invest in it. Did you bank with this bank? I can wire you the money right now. You don't want your investment money to be held up because you're unprepared. You don't want someone to reach out to you and say, hey, Eric, I heard about you, man. I heard you're a great young man. I want to invest into you. But you don't have your affairs together for them to be a blessing to you. So now you got to withhold your wealth, your opportunities and your success because you're unprepared. It may not make sense to the normal mind, but I'm not operating for today. I'm operating according to where I'm going. And there's a there's a lot there, dude. It, you know what? I'm not going to say who, but we 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 had somebody else that was supposed to be here. Next time we'll get them. But I feel like this was supposed to happen. I'm a first guy doing what he does for a reason. Amen. I think inspire a lot of people with this show and. uh you know, when you in Columbus, man, hit us up, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. Actually, I'm planning to come to different regions. Y'all are in Columbus, Ohio, right? Yes. Okay, great. So I'm going to plan to try to come out that way soon because I told myself this year I want to go to different places I have not been. I know I go to New York, LA, and all that type of stuff a lot, but I want to go to the hidden areas where a lot of people don't think there's a demand and build a demand there. That's nice. Okay. We we ready for you, and... um. I also just want to say, if you know somebody that's looking to invest maybe millions of dollars into a podcast, <laughs> I mean, just tell them about Lens Talk. <laughs> but no, I, I don't even have to do it. God's going to do it for you. Right. All right. You know, like, God's going to do it for you, and it's going to happen faster than what you think. But you just got to keep working, working your gift, working your gift, working your gift. And as you work your gift, people will find you. People will look at you. Like, and I'm not saying that because... And this is what I'm trying to tell people. I don't say stuff that I have not seen happen in my own life, right? Like, okay, prime example. Like, I don't know why I had this in right here, but anyway. I have my planner from last year in here, right? I wrote down a, a, per, a prayer for the month of January. It was like, God, please bless myself. Keep me covered. In January, the month of January, I had literally wrote in, in here and I said, I want to execute my prayers and remain consistent. And fasting, I want to profit more than $15,000 every month, save at least $10,000, purchase a new camera equipment. I wrote this down in January, right? I wrote this down in January. And yes, I was saving the money to do, um, I mean, get new camera equipment. And there's nothing wrong with that. But of course, life happens. You get distracted. Sometimes you do whatever. But that's why it's good to write it down. I wrote it down. I did an event in March in Mexico. I was working with an event in March. It was absolutely amazing. And as I was doing the event, I met a young lady and I said, oh my God, do people tell you you like Long? You are so pretty. That's all I said to her. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know nothing about a relationship none day. I was like, and you're going to be a beautiful bride one day. That's it. Walked away, minded my business. She followed me on Instagram, cool deal. Um, I do a lot of my inspirational lives and prayer and all that stuff on Instagram. She came on one of my lives one day, maybe like, now this has been three weeks after the live. After, I mean, I'm sorry, after I got back from Mexico. So she ended up sending me her number. She was like, oh my God, I need to reach out to you. Please send me your number. Gave her my number. She called me on FaceTime. She was like, hey, you have really been a blessing to me these past couple of weeks. She said, I haven't been to church in a while, but God told me to sow into you. God told her to sow into me. So I'm like, oh, okay, blessings, you know, may God bless you. She was like, no. She was like, Eric, ain't that camera equipment stuff that you use? Ain't it expensive? I was like, uh, yeah. But I was like, I'm actually working towards, she was like, no, what kind of camera you want? I was like, well, my true desire is to get a Canon Mark 5D, the newer one, and I want this lens, I want that. She was like, what's your address? Mm. Man. Hold on. That's a dream. That is a dream. Hold on. 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 That's incredible. So when I say when I say these things, I'm not saying this because it sounds good. I'm telling you what I know is capable to happen if you're in your life if you remain consistent and be obedient. And literally, she was like, "I'm gonna overnight this to you, and I'm doing this because I believe God for your next level." The same very person did that in April. I wrote this down in January. I didn't have to spend my money. Anybody who know how much a Canon Mark 5D costs, that's not no one, two, three thousand dollar camera. That's expensive. And it came with a new lens. So I'm like, you definitely just spent well over five thousand dollars on me just because I was doing a live. 
This is why I'm saying keep doing your there are going to be people that's going to hear about you and they're going to want to be a blessing to you. That same very person flew me to Miami to work for their company. And they was like, hey, I'm going to pay you your full rate. I said, no, no, you already bought my camera. There's no way. He was like, no, I believe in you. I'm paying you. I was like, wow. You know, very grateful. By the month of July, it was Essence Festival. I was supposed to go to Essence Fest to go work, you know, just network, just continuously be amongst other creatives and whatnot. They was like, Eric, I need you to come with me to come take family photos. I'm like, family photos, Jamaica. I mean, family photos are Essence Fest. I'm like, Essence Fest with Janet and Nicki Minaj? (laughs) But I I ended up going. So they flew me to Jamaica. I got all my camera equipment and everything over here. I'm like, okay, so when are we shooting? They was like, oh, surprise. We flew you over here for you to enjoy a vacation for five days. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I said, excuse me? I said, no. Nah. I done carry all this equipment over here thinking I'm going to come work. And I, <laughs> vacation clothes? Like, what? But it goes to show that when you obey and you continue to continuously be consistent in your gift, God will make room for you. That's not something I say because it quote unquote sounds, I'm telling you because that's legit in my life. So when I say it can happen at any given moment, Austin, I would not be surprised if people begin to invest into your podcast. And not just in your podcast, but all your other creative ideas. Eric, I would not be surprised if God started doing new things in your life, sending people invest through relationships for you to advance and prosper. Sherman, I would not be surprised if you do the same thing or even greater. I mean, I expect these things to happen. I'm like, do y'all not expect God to take care of y'all or something? I'm like, why y'all be acting all sad? I'm like, come on. Because true story. The same way you believe for your business, gotta believe in all other areas. You gotta believe in all other areas. So that's why I don't be tripping. Cause I can go from having a hundred dollars a day and have almost twenty thousand dollars tomorrow. It can happen at any given moment. It can happen at any given moment. And I think a lot of times it's just your heart posture in the waiting process. Sometimes people are like, I don't wanna wait. Why I gotta wait? And you know why that com- becomes an issue? Because all we do is this every day. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now you, you up real fast because instant gratification. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Instant gratification. And people don't think about long suffering. That instant gratification grants you current relevancy, but it doesn't get you legacy. That means it, it's almost like when you meet those singers and people from like the 90s, the early 2000s, you're like, oh my God, you sing. Can we talk like Kevin Campbell? He may not release not one other song, but that one song, oh baby, you timeless. Y'all ain't seen Lauren Hill show up to how many shows, but baby, that Lauren Hill still, she's still, you know, she's still timeless because you gotta understand the quality of what they produce. Right. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. This has been amazing. yeah and i'm so thankful for you coming on especially at such last minute notice i mean i know we planned on doing this but uh not today so i'm glad that you were available at the last minute and um like eric said i think it, it worked out that way for a reason so thank you so much for coming on um we want to thank our listeners for checking us out and just stay tuned for the next episode of lens talk Thank you.